I really um, have experimented with this concept of micro and macro. There is a micro life right here in me. There is a micro world in me, in my thoughts, in my feelings, in my desires, in my past and my future. And intermingled, all these aspects of me create a, could create a sensation of not knowing. I don't know where I'm going. I don't know why that had to happen. The stress that comes with it, the friction that comes with it, the tension that comes with it, that is a natural process of us being here and operating in the physical realm. But I found that when I created a practice of tuning my micro into the macro, where my mind can only observe the sphere of my micro self, that's all my mind is capable of. But what I'm not capable of is understanding the bigger workings, the bigger plan, the bigger network of each micro being connected in its movement. Does that make sense? The yogis had a term called Indra's net. I don't know if any of you have heard that. So think of it like um, how we have the World Wide Web, where each computer is connected through a, a web, yes? So think of this like a multiverse wide web. And every micro is a little dot in that net. Can you visualize it? Mm -hmm. It's a net, intermingle. Okay. So the idea of that macro is that me, if I move a little here, whatever I do affects all the dots around me. My movement moves all the dots around me. Each thought that I have changes the whole plan, the whole net. But the net is controlled and guided by that macro mind. It is not controlled by me. My actions can affect that around me. My thoughts can affect that around me. But I don't control it. Is this making sense? Mm -hmm. I can have an effect, but when that macro mind wants to shift something, it just shifts the whole thing. So my pain, my fear, my stress, my friction, my desires, my hopes, my future, my past, who is creating that in the first place? Who is inputting that program into me for that to happen through me? Right. So I started this experiment with myself. Like, if I can tune into that macro on an everyday basis, and I go, I don't know where I'm going. I'm doing this what I'm doing. And I can only trust that I'm doing what I'm doing with the best of my intention. But that creates a plan for everything. You know better. I trust you. I surrender into you. So I take my action, I have my thoughts, I have my process, but I'm constantly linking it into the macro. Anytime we don't have that connection to the macro, we tend to go a little crazy. <clears throat>
Does it make sense? We like a, a bundle of knots and we tend to hold everything super tight. It's like our dot gets super tight in fear because we really don't know what we're doing. No one knows. People who pretend to know also don't know. So if every dot gets tighter and tighter and tighter in fear, what will happen to the net it won't be around flexible. you? It won't be flexible. It won't be flexible. There's the movement. Even those around you, you're holding them in tightness too. And if they move significantly, the experience that you will have is like you are breaking. Right? If, if there's tension in a connection and then something shifts around you significantly, the experience that we have in that moment is that we are breaking. Either my heart is breaking or my life is about to fall apart or one of those sensations. So that whole idea of if I can every single day, that it started with every single day, with the Om Namo Gurudev Namo, that's what I do. Sadhana, right? First thing in the morning, that's the word that comes out of my mouth. Om Namo Gurudev Namo. And then it started with that. And then I would forget about that for the rest of the day. But over time, it has become where now it's become an everyday, every moment tuning into the macro. But it has to start with, let's just start with one time a day. Then let's start with starting the day and ending the day. <coughs> Cover it on both hands. And then maybe add a middle to it. <laughs> Until it becomes such a samskara, right? We were talking about samskaras. It becomes a habitual pattern in the mind where my mind will automatically think of, okay, this is happening. What are you thinking? What is the bigger picture in this? Because the moment you start to train yourself to feel and think that way, you will find that you are not holding yourself in that tightness anymore. So even if something significantly shifts in your life, you are able to be pliable, you're able to be flexible with that movement. And the experience that you register for yourself is like, oh, there's movement happening. Let me see what I need to do to move with that movement instead of trying to control that movement. You see what a significant difference that is? <coughs> But the way it will show up, there is no right, wrong, good, bad. Please remember that. The way it will show up is how you register the experience of the moment within yourself. That is the only important thing in your life. How are you registering the experience of the moment? The same event you can register in surrender. The same event you can register in love. The same event you can register in hate. But that choice within us deposits the experience into the experience bank. So I don't know, some of you were there with me for job G, right? So remember that first cunt, the very first stage that we, our mind or our consciousness passes through right after we die is like we reconcile our experiences. You don't rec re reconcile how many good deeds you did or how many bad deeds you did. You reconcile 
what experience you registered in yourself. Does this make sense at all? That that is what blows that idea of right, wrong, good, bad. What is right from one person's perspective is right, could be wrong from another one's. But what <laughs> Nanak was saying, that that doesn't matter how you register that experience, what experience got registered within you. That is the significant part. Does this make sense? That's if somebody wronged me in any way or form, and I choose to hold on to that story of being a victim over a period of time. Now, my feeling like a victim within me, does that affect the other person at all? But I'm the one that's constantly, repeatedly, repeatedly, repeatedly registering the experience of pain within me. Yes? Mm -hmm. So at the end of life, a good chunk of my, my lifespan has registered an experience of pain. That means that has to be reconciled. Therefore, it is put into the accounts. That's where the accounting is done in the first kind, the dharam kind, right? So it's going to be put into the accounts, need to reconcile pain with caused by such and such. <laughs> and therefore, we ourselves decide to reincarnate again. Because that experience needs to be reconciled. If that experience that is registered within us is according to what we were meant to experience, then it's done. It zeroes out. So won't we meant to experience everything? Everything. But a lot of it, the tangents of the experiences, like I said, when we stiffen up, now we are ourselves creating tangents of that experience. Mm -hmm. So it's how we translate the experience. Yes. And we will not have a clear picture of how to translate an experience until you don't have a link into the macro. We don't have that kind of bandwidth in our mind. Right? Anytime you truly tune into that Om Namo, or any way you choose to tune into the macro, there's not one way, but multiple ways of doing it. The moment you tune in, what happens to your heart? Does it, doesn't it feel like, oh, okay, I can let go Yogi Bhajan said, let go and let God. Then, then let God create that sensation around you of how, where, where this experience should fall inside of you, instead of your mind manipulating it to be either right or wrong or good or bad. Mind is very limited to polarities. It doesn't see shades of gray. It, it sees black and white. It's built that way. Which means when we are processing our experiences, we will have to access something beyond our mind. Like the most logical people in this world today, we're like, what is beyond mind? We don't know what's beyond mind. It cannot be thought about. It can only be sensed. So some of us have been able to tap into that sensation 
And nobody can argue with that because you can't prove it. Therefore, you can't argue about it. But nobody can take that experience from you either. Nobody. No logic of the other person will take away that experience from you because it is your truth. But if it is a made-up sensation, if you know most of us have this criteria in the spiritual world of laminating everything over with a spiritual positiveness, that is a mind thing. Therefore, it's not lasting. Therefore, it can be broken with logic. Somebody says, that's not real. Yeah, it must not be. But yes, it is. And we're going to fight for it. We're going to defend it, right? But something that's real in us doesn't even need to be defended because it is. Right? It's I am, I am. I can't do anything about it. It's an experience that's within me. I don't want to prove it. And the other person can have opinion about it. But it doesn't change what's me. That's that macro. It's beyond a mental argument. It's beyond mental logic. It is an experience within you. 